I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand and sustainable. This is a podcast about secondhand fashion, what it means for your closet, what it means for our planet, and how you can buy and sell some great stuff. I'm your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my producer extraordinaire, Bessie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. Hi, Mare. I am uh, I'm having a great day today because for the first time in many months, it's not that hot in L.A. It's kind of overcast and gloomy. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt, uh, which is something that I just forgot existed because uh, for the last three months, I've just been like living in A.C. conditions and trying not to die. So I'm in a great mood. That's excellent. I love Los Angeles. But the problem with Los Angeles is it it very much limits what I feel are my best outfits, which are my fall and spring outfits. Like I look, I have so many great jackets. And so that's, that's very difficult to do in Los Angeles. It is certainly a first, first world problem. Right before we started recording, I was, I was distracted because I was checking my Poshmark account. Um, Poshmark paid me to say this next time and just, you know, trying to offload some stuff, new season, uh, Got to make room in my closet for all my boiler suits so I can dress like a baby. But today we're talking about something that is very near and dear uh, to me, which are vintage T-shirts. Uh, my favorite thing. I collect them. Uh, behind me, I have sort of a display case of them almost. Uh, they're just my favorite. So vintage T-shirts. I, I get what the concept is. I was walking around the lake. I have a lake near my house the other day and, and somebody was wearing one of those Nirvana t-shirts where it's like the smiley face, but the uh, eyes are X'd out type thing. Is that far enough back to be considered a vintage t-shirt at this point? As a major Nirvana fan and and someone who occasionally works, I mean, I, I, I look at my music library and I was pretty angsty as a middle schooler and Nirvana really hit the spot. I do often say, and I think I said this in a previous podcast, that I really wish I had been a full-fledged high school teenager during major grunge era because I would have just been super into the vibe um, and still am, but uh, Nirvana, there's a lot of reissued new old T-shirts. Oh, so I'm a, okay. So I'm a huge snob about this. Let's let's give you some background. So what is a vintage T-shirt? I guess technically the definition of vintage is 20 years or older, but it is a secondhand T-shirt 
that is not usually designer, it's almost often not designer, uh, that has been worn into a condition that makes it great. Uh, They're super soft, they're unique, they are the best t-shirts. And I started collecting vintage, I've collected vintage t-shirts for a long time. I started collecting them, I think when I was 18 or 19 and living in New York and I used to go to St. Mark's place and a bunch of those stores sadly have now closed, but there were amazing vintage t-shirts and there still are in New York City. And I don't know what got me hooked on them. I think I liked that they were soft and they were cute and they weren't super expensive. So it's nice to have a collection of things that aren't super pricey. You know, vintage t-shirts don't have to be expensive to be great. I'll talk about like how they can be expensive to be great. And and it's just like a really fun hobby. I don't know what to tell you. I got really addicted and throughout college, I remember my ex-boyfriend from college lived in Los Angeles and I was in college in Philadelphia, which was super inconvenient and made no sense, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and I made him this drop me off on Melrose and, you know, Melrose was a little different 12, 13 years ago and I would pal around and get great t-shirts and then I just start collecting them all over the world I get them from every place I go to almost as a souvenir well in a vintage t-shirt doesn't have to be music related but it often is and you mentioned okay well let's call it 20 years or older and I think that that is an appropriate time for I don't know if I'm wearing like a Steve Miller band t-shirt today people will be like oh my god Steve Miller band there was a time where it was maybe like not that cool so I think you you get past a certain threshold where it just is no matter what you're wearing because there's some age in there that people are like oh yeah I like I get what you're doing here it doesn't even really have to do with the music no and a lot of great vintage t-shirts it's funny when I was spending time in LA a couple weeks ago everybody is super into like wearing Nirvana and I mean the classic like vintage t-shirts are Nirvana, Def Leppard, uh, White Snake. I think because all these bands just made an unbelievable shit ton number of t-shirts and that used to be something that you could buy. Like now there's so much incredible merch around musical artists like that you're not just going to buy just a regular t-shirt but particularly in the 80s with a lot of the metal you know hair metal bands they created a ton of t-shirts and this is true of other like classic bands like the Grateful Dead and Fish and and Springsteen and every Billy Joel every major musical act those sell for a ton of money which I'll get into um, in a little bit later in the episode but I don't know why I started to love them. I have always been a t-shirt fiend. And in my experience, when people ask me about the best t-shirts, they're vintage. I like that they are they had a life before, before me. I like that they are sustainable. And I just don't think that any brand has come close to replicating the softness and the cut of a vintage t-shirt, which is a little bit straighter and narrower because for the most part, they're men's sizes have have just come at all close and I'm thinking about the collection behind me I'm always like going through them and getting rid of them and buying new ones and some are just funny some mean things to me in my life you know you got to have a connection to it uh I have one that I got at a Brooklyn flea market in June that says uh, I'm really easy to get along with once you learn to worship me. <laughs> that one's particularly funny and makes me super approachable. And I assumed it was like, you know, religious thing or not. I have no idea where it came from. Uh, but that's fun, too. And I'm going to talk a little bit about 
how to find great vintage t-shirts because I have been on the hunt for a really, really long time and I know what makes them really good and I have a sick collection uh, to show for it. The Mecca, the greatest thing you're looking for is always the perfect white t-shirt. Sarah, what's that perfect white t-shirt for you? Man, okay, so it's funny that you mentioned this because white t-shirts in general are my uh, kryptonite because I'll spill something and you know they get they get damaged quick. However, I have a white t-shirt. It's a Vans t-shirt. So the the Vans logo is hot pink. I've had this since I was in high school. And for whatever reason, it just never got dingy. It's just a like a well, I mean, I don't think it looks pristine because I've washed it roughly 500 times, but like that that is my like it is the mecca of t-shirts. I love it so much, I'll never get rid of it. And we're all tied to varying t-shirts, but it's funny. Everyone, we're always in search of the best white t-shirt. Always, perennially. And every brand always claims to have done it. And the truth is, the best white t-shirt is the Hanes Vintage White t-shirt. I have spent a lot of time, I probably have 10 to 15 plain vintage white Hanes t-shirts to the you know naked eye. They look all the same. I can tell you they're all very, very different. And I was in Animal House, which is like a vintage shop next to the beach in Venice. And they happen to have a lot of plain white Hanes vintage tees, which are hard to find because they're in demand. And it's really just hard to find plain vintage t-shirts without stuff printed on them. And those are always the best. I'm always on the hunt for them. When I was in LA, I found a plain vintage black Hanes t-shirt which is almost impossible to find it's just like the Bigfoot of vintage t-shirts obviously why you You would major nerd about this if you could make it white what why is black so uh, so uh, an elusive beast with vintage t-shirts like a lot of them have stuff printed on them it's just hard to find plain ones also that people got rid of so basically I'm in Animal House in Venice and I have like 20 different Hanes white plain vintage t-shirts picked out that I'm trying on and she's like you are particular I was like yeah they're all very different thank you like you know I'm carrying like what looks like 20 of the same white t-shirt but I'm they all it's about the cut it's about they have to be thin but not too thin they have to hit in a certain way it's just my I don't know I I love them I I don't even know what to say so if you're thinking about getting into vintage t-shirts it's really easy to get housed and get ripped off on them so it's funny like in LA along Abbott Kinney like there was a great band t-shirt that I saw and I was like oh this is cute because a lot of the stores like all the cutie girls in and guys in Los Angeles are all wearing vintage t-shirts and then like it's like what are they wearing like vintage t-shirts like cute jeans and like a booty with again it's just the LA uniform So I'm walking on Abbott Kinney and I see this cute band t-shirt in the window, which a lot of stores, particularly in LA and stores now, one thing that they'll carry is very curated vintage t-shirts and you will get housed for them. So I saw this one. I was like, oh, that's cute. I'll buy that. It was $350. (laughs) My threshold for vintage t-shirts at this point is, is, it's funny if it's a really great Hanes white tee, I might go as much as 40 bucks, maybe. Uh, but no, I'm not going to pay any more than that. A lot of the great t-shirts I've gotten are 10 bucks. That's why it's a fun thing to collect. It's not super expensive and you can, you know, hyper personalize them to yourself. So how do you even get started? Because a lot of people get tripped up with vintage t-shirts. So first of all, they all run completely differently. They are just a random t-shirt that existed at a point in time. I have a really funny one that I got 
I, I think about them sort of as like, I guess the snow globes I c collect when I travel. I have this one that has iron on letters. It's clearly very old. It said, it's very hard to be a nice guy, which I think it's just as a feminist in 2019 is a hilarious shirt. And it's a little bit too big, but it's great. But you have to try them on because they all are just going to be random. Like some of these are from family picnics in the 80s. Some of these are from colleges in the 90s. Some of these are from like the really fun ones, I think, are like custom random T-shirts that were made by like just a random person who was celebrating a 50th birthday. And it says like, it's James's 50th birthday. <laughs> They're all just like so fun and unique. Uh, and I will I will definitely like take some photos of my collection. I know I've been saying I'm going to post a lot of photos and I am going to go back into into the archives and start really making sure that on our site on ingopodcast.com you can see more photos of what we're talking about. So first of all, don't get housed. You should not be paying any if you're paying $100 or more like if it is a pristine like original like Prince t-shirt from his first concert it, like you can pay like these get really expensive if they're true 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 collector's items like I'm not focused on that I am focused on ones that are the softest the cutest colors and ju just I love like there's this hunter green one I have that I bought in Maine that says my idea of camping is when room service is late like it's just fun to find individual things in the world that match your personality so Mare, as a vintage t-shirt beginner, what are some things I should look for and know about before I delve into this fun world? Yeah, so first of all, don't get taken for a ride. You should not be paying a ton of money for these shirts. You know, it's interesting, the vintage twin in New York, which I still think is overpriced, has some great ones that they've all very custom curated. It's sort of how we were talking about beginning to think about consignment shopping is like, it's okay if you spend a little bit more money to go through a collection of vintage t-shirts that are more curated. Like you don't have to go straight to a flea market that's like very overwhelming. Um, you can go to a place that is more organized and more expensive. Like you just want to find something that is soft, looks cute, and speaks to you. Like you got to have some fun personal connection to it. Whether it's somehow your name is on it or your initials or you, that's like hyper specific but um just something that makes you laugh or something that like you feel good in as i said you're gonna have to try them on these all vary so intensely differently like there's stuff that i think and with the t-shirts that look really cute on a hanger and then you try them on and they are super duper tight everything's gonna run really small uh, they're mostly men's sizes. It's hard to tell. A lot of them are just unisex t-shirts. So what you're going to have to do is just take it on a case-by-case -case basis. And I'm at the point now where I can eyeball a lot of things. But like again, I'm like 20 years deep in this and 13 years deep in my collection. So you can look at them online. There are a ton on Poshmark. There are a ton on eBay. There are a ton of other, like Etsy has a ton of great vintage t-shirts, but you gotta look at those measurements. You have to really look at them. And so like that's baseline, 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 and go to a place that isn't as overwhelming. Sometimes like I don't have it in me to piece through all the t-shirts uh, wherever they are, and I don't wanna deal with it. But I have a lot of great insider tips and things I've picked up on how to find the best vintage t-shirts while also not having to like paw through things for six hours. Okay, so I've got the basics, but it is just a t-shirt after all. Q1, Q1. But what are the other signifiers that uh, make it cooler than just a t-shirt? It's never just a t-shirt. It's never just a t-shirt. All right, so the biggest vintage t-shirt hack is you can tell you want something that's super worn and super soft. Like you don't... 
The whole point of a vintage t-shirt is that it looks quite worn, that you can tell just by looking at it that it had a previous life. That's the point. And one indicator that is always helpful is checking out the collar. You can almost go through the whole rack just by looking at the collar and seeing how worn the collar is. The more worn the collar, the better condition, and by I mean better condition, I mean worse condition of the shirt. So that is one of the absolute telltale signs. Then the inside tag, if it's not kind of faded, it's not vintage enough in my opinion, if it's still there at all. I have this incredible, Sarah, you know the... Uh, I guess it was what the Pep Brothers, the like oil changer or whatever. Pep Boys. Pep Boys. Yep. Um, so I have this incredible shirt. It's one of the few I've bought the online. Pep Brothers. <laughs> Meredith, how old are you? <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I guess you're kind of one of those people who doesn't have a car. But that's like the major difference between a California girl like you and an East Coast, you know, <laughs> subway run, you know, walking lady like me. So there was this incredible, I mean, Pep Boys has been around for a really long time, and I bought this very unique shirt that's the Pep Girls. It was basically, they got sued for it, and I don't know who did it. It was like a, it was a satire or making fun of the company, and the shirt's from like the 60s or the 70s. I, again, will upload a photo. It's super cool. But the point is, is like, you want to find something super unique. You want to look through the collar if you're buying it online. The way you can tell that it is the right amount of see-through is you ask the person to hold it up to the light. And oh, you can okay. Like, we are inspecting very serious materials here, Sarah. This is very deeply serious to me. So if you're really dealing with someone who knows how to sell vintage t-shirts and you're looking online, which, as I said, like, it's harder to find them online, I have always had better success with ones I've bought IRL, is it being held up to the light and you put your hand in the shirt. So if you you don't want to buy it if you can't see the hand through the shirt because it's not it's not soft enough and it's not used enough. It's just not. So let's talk about color. You know, you mentioned that the 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 Hanes black tea is very elusive. Um, you know, we all have our favorite white tea. How do you get around the fact that the stuff starts to look pretty weathered after a while? So I like that look. If you don't like the weathered look, I mean, please keep listening, rate and review us on iTunes. But the part of the look is that it's weathered. For me, I've now leveled up to the point where like I am in it for obviously collection and blood sport. But also, I'm not going to buy a vintage t-shirt unless it is the perfect amount of soft. Uh, I'm going to wear it, but also it speaks to me in some way. Like that's, that's what's fun about it. Like I have this great vintage t-shirt uh that is says 110 years of tenting in ocean grove which is wouldn't mean anything to most people but what it means is ocean grove is a little beach town that actually is also frequented by our friend tom sarah but my grandparents used to take me and my brother there and they used to go there and they would tent varying houses and varying like they had specific tenting rules uh, like specific awning rules. It's like very niche, very random. And I found this shirt that says, you know, celebrating 110 years of tenting in Ocean Grove. Like how fucking cool is that? <laughs> right. It's meaningful. I mean, it's sort of silly, but it actually does have meaning for you. And that's what I love about, I'm, I'm always harping on wanting things that other people don't have. And like the most unique thing you can have is a t-shirt that probably no one else has. And like, I don't think anyone else has that t-shirt, you know? Um, right, right. And so as I said, look for the collar. 
Uh, and if something, a lot of times these t-shirts run really big, you can cut them. Uh, you can cut them and crop them. So they look kind of boxy. That's easy to do. I guess, I guess <laughs> actually we should do a future episode about all the varying things I've DIY'd and what you can learn from my triumphs and mistakes of basically just cutting everything I own up with just straight up kitchen scissors. But you can just cut a straight line. You can cut them up. Like the more messed up it looks sometimes the better like I don't like ones that are like super duper duper thin I don't know Sarah if you remember that trend for a while like burnout t-shirts that were like so thin that they just didn't I don't think those look good yeah I mean I I remember the trend of very tight t-shirts very thin maybe you know a couple rips in there and they had sort of silly slogans that were designed to mimic vintage t-shirts you know like I actually wore a shirt, not even kidding, for like a year. I don't even remember where I got it from. Somebody gave it to me that was like, last night a DJ saved my life. And it was a picture (laughs) of Jesus like on the turntables. That's really embarrassing for you. It's so embarrassing. But But I had a shirt. That's like a a wannabe vintage t-shirt. Like they were doing their best. Well, so this is the other thing you have to look out for. You have to look out for, as you were saying, Sarah, that person, I would guess that that person's Nirvana t-shirt is a new old shirt. So, so it's easy to get duped and think that something's vintage when it's really a reissue to make it look vintage. So a lot of t-shirt brands, again, like they're trying to look worn in. That's like part of the appeal of a t-shirt is that it's comfy and it's worn in. But there's a lot of, they're not fakes, but there's been a ton of reissued t-shirts to make them look vintage so I was in another store in LA and I'm trying to remember the name of the brand now and I was like I they were so good at being fake vintage that I had to ask the salesperson if they were new or not I was like I I absolutely cannot tell but then one give one dead giveaway that a a vintage t-shirt is actually a new shirt and not an old shirt is that there's more than one that's the whole point is that these are unique one-off items so if you see the same exact t-shirt three times in a row it's that's a new that's a new shirt and the look I'm going for like so it depends on what you are into it depends on what you like listen if you are a dude listening to it never gets old like I feel like we don't address you enough you know uh and we need to do some great menswear episodes but also like tell us about your collections like I buy as I've said before I'm an equal opportunity purchaser and seller I buy menswear a lot of these shirts are sort of unisex but they pop up under men's so to find the best vintage t-shirts when you're searching for them on an eBay or a Poshmark you don't search under women you search under men because they got the better stuff let's talk about the really expensive ones so if you do have a true collector's item from a major band that's super rare, that's going to be a lot of money. And you can invest in those, and that's how you can actually make a lot of money selling them. But for the most part, that's not the case. However, there's this one guy on Poshmark who has insane, insane shirts. I don't even know where he got them from. And those are in like 300s, 400s, which is just honestly never happening. But let's talk a little about selling vintage t-shirts if you are like me and you have a lot of them. And so I end up, for the most part, selling them to friends. Um, and I do like a flat fee. And at some point, I will open a little vintage t-shirt shop on a beach or something and probably make them overpriced. Sorry, guys. Uh, but 
but they're they're difficult to sell because they are these super unique things and sometimes there are a lot of them the plain ones sell for a lot more money than something with a print on it because again the theme here is you want something that is going to appeal to the largest number of people and if there's like a hyper specific phrase or something else on it 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 might turn a lot of people off so they're pretty hard to sell and what's frustrating, especially when you're selling vintage t-shirts, is people that sell them at like a Melrose Trading Post or Rose Bowl Flea or other flea markets actually don't buy from individuals. They buy from dealers. They buy by the pallet, which is just like, again, I still don't know what unit of measurement a pallet is, but it's a lot. But it's funny because some of it also is just straight scamming. Like I have a friend in Los Angeles who was telling me, so fear of God. So you know what fear of God is? I don't. It's you'll see it all over Grailed. It's like a hyper, hyper trendy uh, streetwear hype beast line. They've, okay. they've been around for a little while and they sell some vintage T-shirts. And a lot of people are like scamming you. Let me tell you. So they sell their vintage T-shirts. They slap their logo and some paint on or whatever. And they sell them for like, you know, 500 bucks. And she told me she knows the guy who sources the T-shirts for him. This was like very much like spicy tea from the vintage T-shirt world, which is basically my favorite spicy tea. And I was like, dude, tell me more, please. He sells them. I think they buy them for $4 a shirt, $3 a shirt, and then they sell them for $500 a shirt. So like, watch out. But find something that means something to you. Find something that speaks to you. Uh, and if you're trying to sell them, unfortunately, it's just harder to do unless you find someone who really loves it or someone like me who's like, hold it up to the light. I want to put you to put your hand in it. Oh, and there is a specific whole different language. Like, really, Sarah, I'm so far gone in this. I don't even know what to tell you. So, OK, so hard to sell some, you know, people will buy it. Got You know, it's got to be the right uh, lovely feeling where you can just, you know, hole up in your house and be on the couch and watch TV all day and have like the perfect vintage tea. Why do people want to sell these after all this time has passed? It totally depends. Maybe you're like me and you have just collected too many. I often have to go through and, and sell them and gift them. And I think they make for really fun gifts. If you find ones that like really speak to someone you know, they might think it's super weird. But I guess vintage t-shirts are my love language. So I don't know what to tell you. But it totally depends. A lot of these people are dealers, like vintage dealers. And as I said, they buy them in huge quantities and sell them in huge quantities. But sometimes people are cleaning things out. Sometimes they are like dude bros that just made them vintage themselves and they've had them for a couple decades and they're like, I should try to sell this gross t-shirt. And I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. Like, let me give you $8 for it. <laughs> you know? Selling them is hard. So because they are so unique, you have to do a lot about measurements. You know, when I do sell vintage t-shirts, uh, you break out that tape measure and you're like, this is, and so, so let me talk to you a little bit about the lingo. So you measure it in pit to pit, like armpit to armpit. There's all this like lingo of if you're very into vintage t-shirts, but yes, you measure it pit to pit. Like that is, that is the unit of measurement. I don't know where else that unit of measurement in the world exists, but if it's with a vintage t-shirt, you, you measure pit to pit. One thing, if you're really looking for great ones is to search for paper thin. Uh, that is a hot keyword on the vintage t-shirt streets. So is thrashed. I've learned all of this through my extensive obsessive vintage t-shirt collecting, buying and selling. Those get you to the real good shit. Those get you to the people who are actually knowing what they're doing is like paper thin and thrashed. Okay. So, so dumb cue. 
how does paper thin uh, and and uh, how how does paper thin and thrashed how do they how do they differ? I don't know, honestly. <laughs> they're just like, like really comfortable. Yeah, like there's we've we as in like me and all the vintage t-shirt nerds of America. We have association. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you want to be in my vintage t-shirt club, like here for it, totally here for it. That's might be a thing. Like literally, shout out if you want to be in the Never Gets Old Vintage T-shirt club because clearly I love it and I could talk about it till the cows come home. I don't know. I discovered these keywords when I started to look at like people that were actually very serious about selling them, and so paper thin is this idea that like again you hold it up to the light to make sure that it's thin enough uh and then some people started using thrashed I don't know like they often aren't using conjunction but like they're all these keywords for people that are really like in the know I am giving you like the absolute shortcut on like the vintage tea world like that that you're like you're welcome I shouldn't be sharing this information well that's sort of the point of the podcast isn't it <laughs> I guess but I <laughs> I want to keep some things to myself but yeah <laughs> right. uh, and the last piece again if you're getting really advanced like stitching matters so again another way to look if people are serious is like single stitch double stitch so single which which genuinely means like what decade it was so if you're really balls deep in this Single stitch is an older form of sewing things. And it was just before certain technologies and those shirts are more valuable. Now, some people go really, really vintage with their t-shirts. I would say the t-shirts that I have are probably 70s, 80s, maybe 90s. But if you're going earlier, if you're going 50s, if you're going 40s, like if you're going 60, like those all look a little bit different. And then you're getting into like true, true vintage where like I would kind of... the look isn't for me, but they're super special. And sometimes you can't even wear those pieces because they are like slapped together with like, I mean, I don't even know what materials they were using, but like, you know, a rubber band and a dream. So clearly I could go on for this even more. If you would like for me to, please hit me up because I'd be happy to do it again. Uh, you can find us online at ingopodcast.com. Send us an email. Give me your great vintage t-shirt tips if there's stuff I've missed. Uh, hello at ingopodcast.com. Or you can slide into the DMs at ingopodcast on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also do at Meredith Feynman. Um, and if you want to join my vintage t-shirt mafia fight club ring, by all means, you're invited. See you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.